All right, John, you got me? Johnny. Oh, I got you. All right. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, this is the second official of the uh, oh, geez, forget. oh, Illegal Talk in the Back podcast. Uh, we gotta, we gotta, like, I got to, like, write that down on a Post-it note or something. Like, I, that is just escaping me. Um, you know, frankly, Chris should probably be the host of this. Uh, this is going to be a little bit of a different, uh, different uh, feel from last week's. Uh, we, uh, it's just going to be two of us. Uh, you know, Chris, Chris got called up to the big leagues. Uh, will not be with us uh, this this week. You know, we're uh, we're doing the old one and done, doing the old Kentucky basketball John Calipari shit. You know. And uh, it'll just be uh, John and I. John is uh, recording in from the road. And, uh, you know, on his way to, uh, to Boston to celebrate the Red Sox. I don't know. Yeah, apologies. Uh, apologies if it sounds like I'm in a tunnel at times. Uh, I literally may be. Uh, but, you know, uh, as uh, Alex introduced me, I am John, uh, a.k.a. Uh, John, for uh, political purposes. Uh, I may say something that, that could be uh, construed as inappropriate, and uh, you never know. I don't want to, don't want to ruin my political career before it even starts. So I'm going to just stay with uh, John for the entirety of the uh, rest of the four weeks of our show before we get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I always think about? You ever, you ever watch those like uh, those like true crime things, and they've got like an FBI agent. But the guy's got like crazy hair and like the black face thing, like doesn't block out his like hair or body type. Like, oh, they just have the silhouette. Yeah, but I'm like, his supervisor knows who this is. Like, dude, like if you don't look generic, <laughs> this is not gonna work. Like, I feel like I see this all the time. They always know. I mean, there's, there's no true anonymity unless you just have the audio. I always think that. Yeah, yeah. Unless you do like the robot weird voice thing. If you do robot voice but you don't have the silhouette, then you're good. But yeah. I feel like all those like XFBI guys that go on, you know, uh, uh, alien or UFO theory shows, like, there's definitely, like, there's probably only like one or two of those guys that ended up being a freak. And of course the supervisor's like, oh yeah, that's Tommy. Like, he's, he's been saying that shit for years. Yeah, like, but, like, yeah. Th- Think about like the X Files. Like any, if like you heard like some like weird comment, you'd be like, "Oh, that's David Duchovny. Like that's Agent Mulder." Yeah. Like, you know, it would take like <laughs> it would take. Be Fox again. Like, literally, yeah, literally, it would take like three and a half seconds for anyone in the entire department to be like, "That's Fox Mulder." Like one hundred percent. You know. But um, anyway, I guess uh, we'll kind of get into the uh, the topics for the week here. Uh, first thing to talk about, I guess, is, is there's a lot of big games this weekend. Um, LSU Alabama probably being the, the largest of those. John, any feelings on LSU Alabama? I think Alabama's going to smoke them. Uh, that's just a personal opinion. Uh, what, how do you see this game playing out? Well, you know, just to play devil's advocate, I, I believe that I do have uh, in my notes that Alabama is going to win. Uh, the, the spread on that game, though, is ridiculous for yeah. it being in Louisiana. In the Superdome or whatever dome they play in, I'm not sure. Tiger Stadium. 
Tiger Stadium. Is that it's the same as the Superdome? I don't know. Ah, no, Superdome's in New Orleans. Okay. All right, well, I stand corrected. And uh, whatever dome they're in, I don't even know if LSU is a dome. <laughs> I, you know, let's just not even talk about whether or not it's a dome. I think that LSU, yeah, they're probably going to lose, but you know what? I think they're going to cover. Yeah, but, I, I mean, what is it? 15. Yeah, 15 points. I mean, that's that's a pretty – a 1v3. I mean, this is an outlander spread for a 1v3. I don't know. the. I don't know. I don't care about the statistics, to be honest with you. But I feel like that might be the widest 1v3 spread ever. ever. Like, yeah. Oh, it's got to be, uh, be top five. I, you know, if, if memory serves correctly, um, I think Notre Dame, Alabama was like 14 and a half. And then that was 1-2. Yeah. But I, I don't really know uh, offhand what it is, uh, I do know that LSU, uh, I, I don't think they have enough firepower to compete with Alabama, though. Yeah, I, I, that's just, I think, with this game, it's probably, I don't I don't think you need to overcomplicate it. I mean, Alabama seems to score a 99-yard touchdown on their first fucking play of every game. I, I think that the only way that, that LSU keeps this close, they need to have a really good first half. Like, an unbelievable defensive performance in the first half. Uh, I know they have that linebacker that's out uh, from the targeting call um, in the Mississippi State game two weeks ago. Uh, that might be a factor. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of depth on LSU regardless. So, um, you know, I, I still think, though, if Alabama doesn't stay and get in its groove, this is going to be a route uh, probably – you know, I, I, I'll take Alabama to cover. I, I do think it's wide, but I, I do think Alabama's going to cover that, personally. You know, I, I just, I'm so impressed with this offense this year, you know. Yeah, and you, you said that uh, that LSU would need to have a, a great first half, and I'll go farther than that, and I'll probably use the most overused uh, cliche in uh, college football talk, and that LSU needs to play a full 60 minutes of oh my football. Gosh. Shame on you. <laughs> um, they they really need to uh, play the full sixty because I, I think that you know what we're gonna see is uh, very similar to LSU Alabama matchup in the past where the the first half is low scoring a lot of defense both teams stealing out each other stealing up each other in some instances you never know um, and uh, I think Alabama will probably pull away in the second half uh, and if LSU wants to even make this a close game, they're going to have to play 60 minutes of staunch defense, and even still, I think that Alabama will pull it out in the end with their quarterback, who, after the first episode here, I could not pronounce his name, and uh, <laughs> I will I will admit that after uh, the second episode, I also cannot pronounce his name. <laughs> to the Torna Lady Loa. To a... <laughs> Doing Tortellini Alfredo, and uh, hopefully next week I will be able to uh, correctly pronounce it. But I think that they just, they just have too much. Even even if uh, you know Tortellini gets hurt, then there's, there's always Jalen Hurts, and that guy's no slouch. He's an experienced quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I just look at it this way. Like I'm just looking at Florida's schedule here, and whenever they've gone into like a difficult matchup. Like, when they played Kentucky, they are able to put up 16. 
when they play Mississippi State, they put up 13. LSU gives them 27 points, right? Florida's not a prolific offense. They're better than they used to be with Dan Mullen. There's no doubt about that, but they are not a prolific offense. So to give up nearly 30 points against Florida and lose the game, I don't know I mean. Talking about a team in Alabama that's like scoring 35 in the first half. Easy. Um, so maybe you're talking me out of this now, and uh, maybe I maybe I see this as a as a huge blowout for Alabama. I, I'm on the huge blowout train. I'm on the huge blowout train. I, you know, that's that's you know, I know that I'm actually in an apartment right now with an LSU fan, and my girlfriend's preparing to go to this game uh, tomorrow. But I'm going to say Alabama's going to win this game handily. I think they cover. I think it's at least 17. It'll be my bet. At least. Oh, I mean, if we're going to put a score on it, let's, uh, let's do that. All right. I, I, like the, uh, I like the score at around, let's, let's put it at Alabama uh, 28 and LSU 13. I think I think Alabama puts up a, a few more touchdowns. I, I think they're up pretty well at like around thirty-five in the third. I think they finish forty-five to twenty-one. That's my bet. Cementing their number one slot and bid for the college football playoff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really do think that, that Alabama, regardless of what would happen uh, afterward, I think uh, like barring a huge collapse, they mm-hmm. will be the number one seed in the playoffs, uh, bar none. Uh, yeah. But you know what? I hate both of these teams. Uh, <laughs> you know, good good luck to your girlfriend and being a, a a fan. I hope that there's a lot of uh, she's lot of she's not a fan. That's that's the oh, crazy she's part. Not an LSU fan. She's not even a college football fan. She's just bandwagoning. But you know. Uh, her roommate okay. is a her roommate is an LSU fan, so that's the connection. Oh, uh, okay. Well, for your roommate, I hope it's a jumbo field uh, victory weekend. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the the, the, boy. Uh, the tailgate's gonna be good. Steps. You know, you I don't going? think I'm not going. I just I don't think that you, we can dispute that the tailgate's gonna be good. I mean, it's it's sure. you, know, you know LSU's. Possibly back, you know. This is the. Best. I don't know what they eat down there, other than gumbo, maybe like fried salamander. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not really sure. Right. Uh, the salad. only thing I can think of is uh, about Shay. Maybe there'll be some alligators uh, down there. <laughs> I, I I don't know. We'll have to. Uh, we'll have to. I'll have to ask and see around. Um, but actually, I mean, yeah, I you think can, that you can check up on that report next week. Yeah, yeah. I think that that game is obviously, I mean, it's going to get a lot of attention. You know, CBS is going to talk it up like it's, you know, the second coming of Christ. But there's actually a lot, there's a lot of interesting games this weekend. There's a lot of things that could probably drive this playoff discussion in a very different uh, manner. Kentucky versus. Alluded to, yeah, what is it? Kentucky, Kentucky Georgia. Georgia, yeah, five or six v eleven, right? You know, Kentucky, the the who the hell, where did they come from team? And Georgia, the now slightly disappointing, 
but still controls their destiny. Who do you like it? Ah, uh, well, uh, to me, this isn't even a question because I, I am one of the largest haters of Kentucky. I think that they are the biggest pretender team, maybe in the country, maybe in the world. Uh, I don't think that they belong anywhere near 12. I think that they uh, benefit from this uh, friendly SEC bias. Um, I, I think that there's two teams in the SEC, and I, I will continue to think that. And I think the two teams are Georgia and Alabama. And I know Georgia dropped a game, but you gotta you got to look at it in uh, terms of the whole uh, body of work and the talent that they have there. Georgia just has all the talent in the world, and they're young, and they're only going to get better as the season goes on. I think that this is uh, a blowout. I don't think that it's going to be even close. I think that Kentucky maybe gets about 10. <laughs> maybe a touchdown on. <laughs> you know, I... I, I was going to play devil's advocate here. I really wanted to. But then I pulled up Kentucky's schedule, and I just got a lot of hate for them. Just a lot. You yep. know. I, the, the biggest win here by far is over Florida. I don't think there's any dispute over that. Um, you know. And that's here's the, here's the trouble with that win. It's, it's the second or third game of the season. No, it's the second game of the season. Right. And obviously, I don't know. I'm a I'm a huge believer that weeks one through four, teams are still feeling themselves out. Florida has a new coach this year, uh, and and I would get I would venture to say that the pieces of the puzzle might have not fallen into place yet. Um, you know, next biggest win after that, Mississippi State, which Mississippi State might be the most erratic team in the country. They can play phenomenally and they can play terribly. Their quarterback is a mess. They are the, uh, they're the Iowa of the SEC. A- absolutely. That's that's a perfect comparison. You know, if sometimes you play Mississippi State, they're going to score seven points. Sometimes they're going to score 35. You know, and, and that's, again, they have a new coach. I, I don't think anyone in the SEC would disagree with me in saying Nick Fitzgerald has been erratic. You know, started well, now seemed to be, you know, went through a deep lull. And now it might be back. I don't know. They beat Texas A&M. Is A&M anybody? I don't even know. You know, there's a whole bunch of whole bunch of bravado, as I like to say, in the SEC. I, I think that Georgia is is young, but they're tested. Um, and I know we we hate talking about best losses, but hey, they lost to a team that's ranked three right now, and by some miracle, might beat Alabama. You know, so. I, I don't know. I, I tend to believe that, that this is going to be at least a 10-point win for Georgia, probably a lot more. Um, I, I, I'll make that my lock of the week. I think this is a five-touchdown victory for Georgia. Five? I, yeah, I, I just don't. I am not a believer in Kentucky. I'm not a believer in the SEC. I'm a yeah. believer in the top two teams. I think that they are very top-heavy. Uh, Alabama is one of the best teams that we've seen in probably a decade. Uh, they, they're just they're on a different level. Yeah. And I think that Georgia is right up there with them. Um, they're not they're not there yet, but they're uh, the, the the talent that is currently coming out of Georgia high schools. It's not going anywhere. They are easy. 
they're just such a hothead, and they they have a coach now. They have Kirby Smart, who you know, surprise, came from Alabama, and he's going to put together a program that is similar to what we see at Alabama. And I think in the future, it's going to be it's going to be a big battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it very well may have already begun. Yeah. Because that that title game last year was phenomenal. And I think there's going to be uh, a couple more of those events in the uh, not-too-distant future. I would venture to say the same thing, Um, you know. I think, you know, the key here for anyone that's a college football fan, it is is November 1st as of today. And this is when we really find out who the hell is actually winning football, you know. I mean, October is one thing, September is a whole other thing. November is where everything counts, you know. So, you know, Georgia puts up a route performance on Kentucky. I mean, obviously that locks them in for the title game. You know, destiny's in their control. You know, and, and hey, maybe in an off chance with the with the Notre Dame boss and, and maybe Michigan falls out and Ohio State looks like dump, maybe there's a chance for the two SEC team with Georgia as a loser. Um, so I, I think if you're Georgia, you're, you're pretty happy with where you are right now, even with the loss to LSU. Um, now, I guess this kind of brings me up to some other things I just alluded to. One game I'm really interested in this weekend is Notre Dame Northwestern. Uh, I think that this could be the sneaky, weird, disgusting game of the week to make all of our stomachs feel like shit. And possibly, I, we could be looking at Notre Dame in a very different light after this weekend. I just have a feeling. Uh, you know... You want me to lead off here? I'd like, yeah. I mean, I, I think we've doomed a little call of response. What's your call? You know, I, I think that if the Big Ten were afforded the, the same luxuries for losses that uh, the SEC has, uh, we'd be looking at maybe like a, a 15th ranked uh, Northwestern team. They sure. have won their last four conference games. And I think that they're going to give Notre Dame a run for their money. That being said, I, I don't think that they'll end up winning. I think it's going to be a, a classic uh, Notre Dame pulling it out of their ass victory in late November, <laughs> in early to late November, where you know they, they get taken to the brink by a, a team that is talent-wise inferior. But I think that their the Pat Fitzgerald. Uh, or, or that, that kid, Gerald, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, I think he's a phenomenal coach, and I think that he's a better coach than Brian Kelly. So I think what we're going to see is a, a really close matchup. Do you have offhand uh, uh, who is the home team here? Uh, it's Northwestern. Yeah, I think we're going to see a, a, a very close game. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, due to the ge- uh, geographical uh, uh, locations of both teams, we're probably going to be seeing uh, a lot of Notre Dame fans in, uh, where does Northwestern play, Chicago? Yeah, Evanston. Oh, Evanston, Illinois. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't even know if that's still in Cook County, but... It's in front of a crowd of 11 to, uh, people. <laughs> <laughs> definitely close to... Uh, Definitely close in location to uh, uh, South Bend. Uh, so I think it'll be uh, in Notre Dame, you know, notorious uh, national fan base. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll show up, but I think that 
Northwestern uh, will have at least somewhat of a home field advantage, and they'll, uh, you know, while they're not playing for the playoff anymore, they're a lot more talented than their record indicates, and I think that, that it'll be uh, within a touchdown. Maybe you see uh, Notre Dame win by about six. You know, the one thing that I think is really interesting here, you know, and I don't know, I mean, Pat Fitzgerald is a really good coach, and, and Northwestern has put together some teams through the years that have just been really hard to beat. Like, they've just been well-coached. They've had good quarterbacks. Um, I think Clayton Thorson is the real deal. Uh, but the one thing that I don't know if you can discount is Northwestern is in the driver's seat to win the West right now. You know, and how much does that play into this? I mean, we I think how many years is, have Big Ten, you know, media been saying, oh, watch out for Northwestern this year? And it really doesn't seem like they're doing anything different than they have been outside of Iowa and Wisconsin are not that good. Um, you know, so coming down the stretch here, I just will be curious to see how Northwestern handles a little more limelight. Um, and I mean, look at this. I mean, they're an unranked team. They're leading the West. Like I said, they have the possibility to upset Notre Dame, take down a ranked Iowa, you know, and go to the Big Ten title game. This could be a really big year for Northwestern if they just don't screw it up. Uh, now, you know, I, I agree. I could absolutely see Notre Dame winning this because of some, you know, fourth quarter magic, some dumb two-minute drive, you know, some pick six or something dumb. But I, I do think that Northwestern has a pretty good shot in this game. I, I wouldn't. I put my money on a. I put my money on a last-minute. Uh... Last-minute, like, 40-yard penalty uh, uh, against Northwestern. Yeah, yeah, or, some uh, classic Notre Dame bullshit. Or, or uh, Northwestern driving down uh, for the game-winning field goal and uh, getting handcuffed with a, a clip or a hold uh, yeah. on a third down. Yeah. Or intentional I'd... grounding. <laughs> intentional grounding. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. Intentional grounding. Nobody's going to understand the call. Mike Pereira is going to tell us it's on page 794 and Notre Dame's going to walk out with a W and then get their ass handed to them by Clemson. And likely, they'll likely jump Alabama even after Bama uh, <laughs> beats the living hell out of LSU. <laughs> yeah, they'll get, they'll, somehow the votes will be split and we'll all just be scratching our heads going, have we seen this? Have we read this book before? Because I feel like... Um, other big games. I put in here Texas Tech, Oklahoma. I don't really know if that's a big game. Texas Tech is not what they usually have been. And Oklahoma, with Tyler Murray, just seems to be smoking people offensively. But, you know, they are the two leading offenses in the Big 12. They're also two middle-of-the-road defenses in the Big 12. And it'll at least be a fun game to watch. A shootout for sure. Um... And, you know, possibly with a bunch of interceptions and some fumbles, Texas Tech is in a position to screw some things up in the Big 12 for sure. Um, so, this brings me, I guess, to the last game, though, that could possibly be an upset and one that is near and dear to our heart. Penn State, Michigan. Thoughts? <laughs> uh, you know, they're, the Nittany Lions are they're going into the big house yet again. Um, as the uh, underdog, per se, uh, I know they weren't last year, but in recent years they have been uh, the Harbaugh years specifically. They've they've been the underdog going in there, um, and 
know, sometimes they get blown out and sometimes they keep it close. It's, it's a tough one to call on its face because I'm so close to the team. And, I, you know, I'll be... I'll be the uh, the classic uh, the classic college football analyst, and I'm gonna suck off uh, uh, Trace McSorley one more time and just say that I I don't see the senior going into the big house and being phased whatsoever, and I think he's gonna put it all out, and you're gonna see a career game from him and a victory. And a victory. He's calling it. I, I've, I've thought about this. I mean, because obviously as a Penn State fan, the easy thing to do is to just accept, just turn over and just accept that we're just going to take it in the butt on this one. You know, like it, it, it's the easy thing to do. It'll ease the pain if it is a blowout. I don't know if you've been reading this stuff like Don Brown's like, like been talking about how he, he hasn't slept in like 365 days since the last game or something. He's like freaking out about it. You know, and Michigan keeps calling this the revenge tour and yada, yada, yada. I'm inclined to believe, though, that this will be a closer game than the spread is indicating. I will be, I will venture to say that. I think Michigan's giving 10 right now. I see this as a, as a significantly closer game. Seven or three point victory for Michigan, more than likely, in my opinion. Obviously, Ann Arbor uh, is, a, is a big asset. Just like Beaver Stadium, Ann Arbor, particularly Michigan, on this streak that they're on, it's it. There's just really no way to discount that. Uh, but I, I would agree with you. I think Trace McSorley, you know, we're in a position to play for New Year's Six Bowl. The guy's done it before. Uh, whatever that weird, awful, disgusting Iowa game that occurred, you kind of literally saw him get knocked down and get back up and do some pretty impressive things. Uh, so I don't see him getting phased. Uh, I will be interested to see, though, how this game plays out. Michigan's really hard to run on, uh, and, and we'll have to see if Franklin actually dials in a game plan that exploits their weaknesses. I, you're going to have to pass on Michigan. I mean, they're holding everyone to sub-70 rush yards. Their pass defense is very good. I just think that it's our better shot. Uh, well, this, this is going to be their, their toughest challenge yet, um, aside from the uh, the opening weekend loss to Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, I think that Penn State is easily the best offense that they'll have played against, um, despite, you know, uh, some recent hiccups. And that could be due to the game plan. It could be due to in-game play calling from Ricky Ronnie. But uh, I think that... Penn State is going to, they're, they're, they're not going to lay an egg here. I think they'll put up the points. I think that we're, we're going to be uh, in the 20s or 30s uh, from both sides because I, I don't think that Penn State's defense is uh, strong enough uh, to, to hold off Michigan or any top 10 team for that matter. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be close and it's going to be in the 30s, low 30s probably. Um, but I, I think that uh, I think that we're going to see some McStarley magic, and I, I think he's going to pull it out. Yeah, the, actually, I watched a video on this with with a whole bunch of statistics that these guys had put together, and they, they'd made a, actually a really compelling case for this being Penn State being a better matchup 
or we'll say a worse matchup for Michigan than Ohio State. Uh, pretty compelling argument uh, that these guys put together that basically came down to uh, while Penn State's offense is not consistent, uh, the big plays uh, that it's able to put together uh, are definitely a weakness for Michigan as compared to Ohio State's consistency on offense um, and you know their ability to complete passes. So I, we'll have to see how it plays out. Hopefully the weather's okay. You know, I, I think if it's bad weather, that definitely plays even more into Michigan's favor. Um, but I, I will venture to say, at a minimum, I think we cover. Uh, I think ten is a widespread. You know, I, just just how I feel on the game. I absolutely hope we win. I hope we make a mess of the Big Ten more than anything in the world. I just don't feel confident enough in our defense at this point. And you know, the offense, the drops, the receivers. It's just a young team. That's just where we are, right? So let's let's not forget that you know last year going into the Michigan game, you know I know it was at Beaver Stadium, but Michigan uh, had you know just just as good a defensive stats uh, as they do this year. I mean maybe this year it's slightly better, but they were you know regarded as a as a strong defensive team before uh, the Saquon show happened last year. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the thing is that your statistics up to this point. Yeah, they, they look good on paper, but who have you really played until you get into the thick of it? Yeah. You know, they, they, yeah, the biggest cliche is that numbers never lie, but the reality is they, they lie all the time. Uh, until you see the full body of work, the, the numbers are... Johnny there? There was not about reading uh, not long ago, uh, parents these days are uh, getting their children in the start. Uh, say, like, no, I'm not boss. Uh, I am a free child. I'm free to roam. And due to the, uh, the crime rates that have been declining since our parents' age, that they don't think that it's unsafe for their children to uh, go out. And, you know, I, I read that article and I, I think, yeah, of course the crime rate's down because people got smart and they put their kids inside. Like, I, so I think the same thing is to be said with uh, Michigan defense here. Like, yeah, well, the numbers are good, but, you know, who's they play? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, by the way, I don't know, uh, I don't know it, what, what exactly you just said because you're breaking up left and right, but you're saying something about a crime rate. <laughs> It seemed interesting. I'll tell you that. I didn't want to interrupt you because it might have been recorded. But, you know, uh, uh, I, I, you know, whatever you said, something about crime rates, I would agree numbers, numbers lie all the time. Uh, I'm just, I did, this is the only thing I see hanging, hanging in, in our favor as far as Michigan. They had a close loss to Notre Dame. Not even that close. That was really a blowout game that Michigan was able to score in late um, early on in the season. And then we're all hot on them to some degree because Ohio State's bad, and so is Penn State. But again, who have they played? I mean, they played Nebraska, Maryland. They barely beat Northwestern. Their best win is probably over Michigan State. You know? And and Michigan State is unbelievably injured this year. So, you know, I, I think we could, like, and, and this is the whole thing is, yeah, their statistics are great against bad teams. They should be great against bad teams, you know? Like, it, 
it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy if we're going to look at statistics like that. Uh, so I, I do think that this could be a much closer game than, uh, than you know, we may anticipate. I'm going to pick Penn State to cover. I don't pick them to win, but I, I think we keep it very close, uh, you know, and, and have, and I, I think Trace McSorley has a pretty strong day. Uh, keeps him close. So. I don't know. Uh, I think this I, could, brings, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think this brings us. I don't know if you're. Uh, are you Are you with me? Is that, I, I don't am know. with you. All right. I, I don't need you to break up during this. Uh, last Last week we did a we did a uh, edition of uh, the play called Why Your Team Sucks, and uh, John picked San Diego State. He really tore up a new one, and uh, there's some there's some conversations. We decided we really didn't like Idaho. Uh, so, John, uh, can you tell me why Idaho sucks? You know, I'd love to, and I'm going to go off on exactly why they suck, but I do not have my notes in front of me due to driving. However, uh, I'll bring up what I can remember about how much they suck because they just, are just fudge the statistic. Game. <laughs> They're just such a, a forgetful team that it's hard for me to even remember what I wrote down. <laughs> let's, let's start off with the fact that when I looked them up today, I didn't even know that they were no longer in the SBS. I didn't know that. Yeah, exactly. In 2018, they went back to the Big Sky Conference. They dropped their SBS eligibility, and they are currently an SBS school and a middling one at that. They've been around since, you know, just like San Jose State of last week, they've been around since the late 1800s. I'm playing a video game right now called Red Dead Redemption 2. They started before that <laughs> in Idaho. <laughs> and they're still not good. <laughs> they have been to three bowl games of all of, in all of their existence. And one of them, guess what? It's the Idaho Potato Bowl. They got invited to play in their own bowl game. Congratulations. Um, and, and perhaps their... Their... Oh, boy. Which oh. I, I doubt Washington State even knows who they are. Um, they... They're about 35 games under 500 wait, wait, you in broke their up. all-time rivalry with them. And their their other rivalry comes from the FCS, and that is Montana, which, wow, they actually hold a winning record uh, against them. But until you look at the fact that they've dropped, like, their last eight against Montana. Against Montana. and Not Joe Montana. You know, to top Montana. it all off, they're, they're probably their... They're
Brock Hoover. So Flair was, uh, you know, ever determined. Didn't change the name. He just dropped the K on Brock. So he's R-O-C Hoover. <laughs> and and that, that is your most famous football player, Idaho. And uh, I, I thought I was finished, but I, I just remembered that I, I always like to look up to see what type of scandal the team that sucks of the week is, is uh, has dealt with. But you know what? Idaho, they're not even relevant enough to have a scandal. Their only scandal per se, or even just conundrum, is that they just told their president, like, hey, we don't like the way you run things. We'd like you to step down. So the president is stepping down at the end of the calendar year, um, probably, you know, largely to do with the fact that they dropped in, uh, they dropped from FBS to FBS. Yeah. Uh, that's that's yeah. all I got. Yeah, I mean, there's apparently a, a scandal in the 50s. It's called the Boise Homosexuality Scandal, but uh, I'll, let, I'll let people look this up on their own. <laughs> This is, uh, it's definitely interesting. Basically, it seems like they swept, they swept the campus alleging that a hundred young men and teenage boys had been involved in sexual acts in the ring of adult homosexual men. This is interesting. Oh, dear. This is interesting. You know, and we get, we get in trouble for Sandusky. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, there goes my job. Um, anyway, um, no, you know, I, I think Idaho. I think Idaho just sucks as a state across the board. It's like it's like super hot in the summer. This is all I know about Idaho. It's super fucking hot in the summer, and it's freezing your shit in the winter. This is not a place you want to live. To boot, they've got a terrible football team. Don't live in Idaho. But uh, we we didn't even bring up the fact. We didn't even bring up what we were talking about last week, and that's their atrocious uh, farm or their their uh, their. Oh, the Kibbe Their aluminum barn of a stadium, the Kibbe yeah. Dome. Yeah. Um, or that their most famous resident is a fictional character named Napoleon Dynamite. This is true. This is true. You know, I didn't even think about that. But Napoleon Dynamite is... If you had to ask anyone, who do you know from Idaho, the people would probably say Napoleon Dynamite. You know. And, and even to that effect, even to that effect, their, uh, their most famous... Uh, um, their, their, their most famous thing is a potato. And I get that the potato is probably the most versatile ingredient or food of all time. Maybe, you know, a close second to corn. But, you know, potatoes right up there. But their, their, their specialty is a potato. Yeah. 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 Like, I, congratulations. Yeah, uh, that, that's, you know, tremendous. Thank you for your, your shitty root vegetable, you know. Like, allow me allow me to get fat on your starchy root vegetable, Idaho. You know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't see here's the other thing. Is you don't meet people from Idaho. Like, it's either, like, like, nobody leaves Idaho, or if they do, they're, like, so unproud of Idaho that they won't even tell you that they're from, you know. Like, I meet people from... But the fact that Idaho isn't even the best team in Idaho. Yeah, that's true. That's like, true. That'd be like Alabama not being the best team in Alabama. Yeah. Like, yeah. nobody gives a shit about either state, but at least Alabama has football. True. What true. Is, what is Boise? Or uh, what, what does Idaho have? They have nothing. They have Boise. Which, yeah. I, 
Shyamalan show uh, uh, that was canceled after one year called Wayward Times. And, like, that was pretty good, I guess. But, I mean, dear That God, was a Shyamalan show? I, I, I believe so. Huh. I don't know that. I believe it was a Shyamalan uh, uh, vehicle, yeah, at the very least. I don't know if he directed it. Huh. Or I think he at least wrote it, though. I think I gave up on him after The Happening. That's when I think I gave up on him. That was the yeah, worst movie I've ever seen. He kind of made a comeback a few years ago. I don't know where he's at now, but... Yeah, I, I feel like out with, uh, somewhere. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that was like at a point in time like he was just making all these like sweet films and then like they were like yeah we'll get you like Mark Wahlberg will get you Zoe Deschanel like we'll make it happen and he was just like all right I'm gonna write the worst movie ever then. <laughs> and, I, you know, signs, signs I love. Signs is great. Signs is a great movie. I haven't seen it since I was about ten or eleven years old, but. Definitely, but it was still. well before that. It was, the movie was like 2000, like. Oh yeah, five. you're right. It was, it was even like pre-passion. No, oh, 2002. Oh wow. Yeah. So 16 years ago, I saw. What was I? 12. Yeah. All right, I wasn't far off. Isn't it kind of weird? So think about it like this: like Mel Gibson did all that shit, and then Kramer did his obvious famous rant. Roseanne. There's, like, all these people that were, like, really hot in, like, 1999 that are just apparently big old racists in this current time, you know? I think the takeaway is that you, you just, if you're famous, like, you just need to stop being famous after a while. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can't try to stay famous or else they're going to gobble you right up. Agreed. <laughs> Eventually, you know, you're, you're, uh, your time is up on stage. And uh, you gotta go. Yeah, you know, I, I like some of this stuff that I'm just like, man, like, how hard is it to like not do this stuff, guys? Like, you can be a racist in your own house. I don't think anyone cares. I don't give a shit. You know. That's like, actually if, a great point, though, because I think that you know, in the future, if I do say anything offensive, I'll just uh, attribute it to uh, Ambien before the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you have you have sleeping trouble. Obviously, that's why you. That's why you woke up in. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe we could record this later on in the evening, so that way I have some plausible deniability, and I can say that. Uh, and I can say that. Yeah, you know, I took some ambient before the podcast, so you know, makes you racist sometimes. Sometimes. Or it makes you sexist, or it makes you, you know. Start we're, saying shit. We're gonna have to record one of these when we're all we're all uh, all within uh, the confines of a of an apartment, getting real shitty, and just see what's created. Because I'm sure we'll be disappointed in ourselves, and so will our families. So yeah, I'm sure the network will uh, will surely cancel us after. Uh, thankfully, we haven't been picked up by anybody yet. Uh, yeah. Although I have been I have been trying to get DJ Durkin on the line all evening, uh, <laughs> but apparently he's uh, he's too busy looking the other way. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! <laughs> We never said we never said this was gonna be a sensitive podcast. That's all I can say. <laughs> we never said we were gonna have actually, any form of sensitivity. I'm actually upset with myself that it took me that long to make DJ Durkin joke. But I don't, I, you know, if this was one of the topics we thought we were gonna to get to. Um, maybe we can do it right now because I, I, I can't believe. 
Cherokee did nothing wrong. Yeah. Like, you, there was a player that died on your watch. Like, you're the coach. There was a player that died. You can't be the coach anymore. Yeah. How do you guys go? You're going to go to a, a, a Washington, D.C. high school and tell a kid, like, come play for me? And, and the kid's going to be like, well, like, what? Like, somebody died last year. Yeah. Like, why yeah. don't I go to Penn State where nobody died last year? Or why yeah. don't I go to Virginia Tech? I'm also going to win some games at either of those schools, you know, and not die. It's kind of a win-win for a lot of, lot of you know, compelling high school athletes. Yeah, I, I, the yeah. weird part about this is that this is the day after he's reinstated. Like, I, it almost seems like Maryland was like, yeah, like, we'll try to just like, uh, try to pull the old Ohio State here. Just brush this one under the rug. See what the PR outcry is. And then they're like, oh, wait, no. That was a stupid idea. I don't know. I'm even hearing. I've been do, redoing a little reading. Uh, apparently, uh, apparently, Mr. Urban Meyer might be his last year. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that yet. But I've, there's some rumbling, you know. Yeah. I, at times, I've uh, I've I, I've read that uh, they said at times he looks disinterested or just looks too fed up. And I'm sure he, you know, he has the he has like the built-in excuse of like health problems. Yeah. Pull out at any time and then just resurface at another top school in a year. And uh, I don't know how many times he can go back to that well, but it's really nice to, to oh, kid that they have in, in TV where, you know, if a character, uh, character goes awry, like, you know, we were bringing up Roseanne, but even like, uh, like Chef in South Park, the, the, uh, the writers just have this. Uh, they have the ability to use their fail safe. Like I think the Roseanne show, uh, what did they, they, they renamed it the Connors and yep. they, they said that, uh, Roseanne's like ongoing kill addiction killed her. And like, so I feel like if Urban Meyer like does something truly shitty, he can just be like, Oh, like my health. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the interesting part about this is, is going to be that like, Urban Meyer left Florida, like, literally when Florida started to be bad, Urban Meyer seemed to start having massive heart issues or something and had to, like, leave for medical issues. You know, I don't know if you've read the whole story about how he, like, locked himself in the, uh, locked himself in his coaching room after they won the national championship so he could call recruits and all this shit. Um, yeah, I have read that story. You know, I, I, you know, and apparently he's, like, just, like, riddled with anxiety, so... The, the one thing that Urban Meyer could not be this year was he couldn't be bad. He couldn't have a bad football team. And there's a chance that Ohio State is, is at least not good, right? They're not the usual Ohio State. They've got more issues than they have had in a while. Uh, and given the, the previous scandal situation, I think that that opens up some questions at a minimum, you know? Yeah, that was one of the worst losses I've ever seen Ohio State have. And it, it may be... It may not be the only terrible loss they have this year if they continue to play that way. Mm-hmm. It, it was definitely the worst loss I've, I've ever seen Ohio State have, and I had the pleasure of watching it, watching their demise and watching Urban Meyer's pain in uh, the heart of New York City with a friend of the show, Nick Musto. Oh, old Nicky. We're going to get him on here. That'll be a good time. Yeah, Nick's one got- of these days. Nick's got some compelling evidence on Penn State in the 60s. 
<laughs> you know, I, the, I'd love to. I'd love to hear his thoughts. Maybe we can do a Nick segment uh, about a, a an old game that happened uh, 25 years ago on this weekend. Yeah, he would be. Uh, he I, would I like be flawless idea. at. Actually, he would be tremendous at that. That's like that's like the thing Nick would excel at more than anyone else. Or maybe he could, you know, he could give the listeners like a play-by-play of like Brian Bosworth's uh, entire collegiate career. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he he'll give us like a rundown of some like five to two Minnesota Oklahoma game in 1974. You know. You know. <laughs> like played in like 31 degrees or some shit but uh i don't know i guess this is like now we're talking coaches this brings us to the kind of the last topic of the day which is who is the worst coaching hire of the season at this point i know who mine is but i'll let you i'll let you pick it off i'm gonna go like i wasn't prepared for this topic and uh i don't have too much uh longer on the show tonight but uh i hope i don't steal yours Oh, Chip Kelly. That's not mine. That's not mine. They have one victory this year, and I'm not even sure who it's against, but it's, it's maybe like Arizona or something. Like, it's not against anybody who truly, truly matters. And um, you'd, have to, you'd have to expect, I know UCLA wasn't expected to do much this year, but you'd have to expect at least like five or six wins out of a Chip Kelly team. And it just doesn't seem like, uh, at least from an outsider's perspective, it does not seem like anybody is buying into uh, his ridiculous like nutrition and exercise and speed tempo NASCAR offense uh, as of yet. I don't know. Maybe it'll, it'll take a few years to get his players in, but it certainly didn't take a few years in Oregon. And it yeah. certainly didn't take a few years in Philly. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, San Francisco was just a goddamn mess, but... You know, that's what happens when you bench a uh, NFL starting quarterback and uh, put him put in uh, Blaine Gabbard in his place just because he's kneeling down. But, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a different story. Hey, Chip Kelly's a weird – I think he's just a kind of a – like, he's one of these guys where, like, you need to, like, give him, like – you're either bought in or, or you're not, you know. And that I think, like, I don't know if you read, like, the whole thing with him and Philly and, and Lurie's, like, Christmas party or some shit where, like – Chip Kelly like blew off the Christmas party that really pissed off Chip Lurie or something. Of course, like, I've read about the Christmas party story. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I just think that Chip Kelly's like this is just the kind of guy he is, and he's gonna do him. And if you don't buy in, you're gonna get a shit sandwich. Like that's just the bottom line. Um, do I think that they'll be bad next year? Eh, they're really bad this year. That's all we can really say. If they're know? really bad next year, that's his job. I think yeah. I think he has a I think he has that short of a leash. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Well, I think when it's kind of remains to be seen. Obviously, they're they're pretty much terrible this year. Uh, you know, but I, I let's give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, yeah. maybe they're, maybe they're just having a system building year, as they say. Let's uh, uh, let's hear yours. Mine, it might actually be a little surprising, but I'm just looking at this one more in a in a going forward sense. I think it's Jimbo Fisher. I really do. I, I think that this A&M contract that they gave this guy is fucking ridiculous. The guarantee on the money and keeping in mind here that 
Jimbo Fisher has to recruit Texas in a time when there's like five fucking young coaches actively competing against him with very good teams. Um, you know, I think what you're looking at, like Herman is starting to get it together. Uh, Major Applewhite at Houston has a very good team put together. I think Baylor is going to come back and Oklahoma again has a young coach that can, that can, uh, I think, I think do a lot of recruits. You know, Lincoln Riley. Good guy. Lincoln Riley, you know, and then LSU. The LSU, friend of the show. LSU, at least enough back enough to to entice talent uh, from from East Texas. Uh, it, I think that College Station, you're sitting in a in a minefield of of, of a nightmare. Uh, and meanwhile, the expectation is through the fucking roof. You know, I mean, the guy's getting paid seven and a half million dollars a year for ten years. Yeah. How many? This is one of the things where it's if he doesn't win nine games, it's not good enough. You know, there is that kind of scenario. Um, so just based on the contract, based on what he has to walk into and recruit, it's not like what he was when he was in Florida, where you had a, a, a relatively weak set of Florida teams for a lot of years. For Florida State was good. Miami was definitely bad, right? And then UCF, you know, Florida Atlantic. None of the none of these smaller Florida schools were really. And he's walking into a recruiting there, and and I think eight wins is not good enough. Nine wins over a series of years is not good enough. You know, the expectations on A and M in the next two three years is that they're going to be a real deal contender to Alabama. Otherwise, you didn't pay the guy the money. That's just the bottom line. A and M was recently named the most lucrative brand in, in college sports. Like. Everything the here, you got the coach. I just don't know if if he has enough prowess. Like if it was Urban Meyer, I would say yeah, he could recruit that. Obviously, if it's Nick Saban, I said he I say he can recruit that. I just think right now he's in a sea of really hot coaches, really good, better teams. You know, like if I'm a, if I'm a recruit and I'm somewhere between College Station and Austin, I'm looking at it and saying, well, you know, why not go to Texas? Like, this team is on the up and up. I don't know. If I'm in Houston, you know, I, I've got a, a very good U of H team. I get to play in front of my home fans. You know, th- there's a lot of problems. I couldn't agree more. And I mean, it's uh, it's good without saying, you know, that uh, either of us would have picked John Gruden if he were in college. Uh, but the Raiders right now are practically college team. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think the guy that's only like, has about a, the guy only has about ninety some million left on his deal. I I know, man. The, the, the ridiculous this this past like year was like holy crap on some of these contracts. You're like, what the, f- what is going on? You know, even the money they paid Aaron Rodgers, I was like, are you kidding me? Like this is nuts. This is getting stupid. But I don't know. I think that's a good place to end this thing. We're we're creeping up near to an hour. Oh, yeah, just uh, we're just over, just over an hour, and uh, it turns out that I am about uh, about right in the heart of Boston. So, well, you know, get your Dropkick Murphys playing, and uh, you know, good luck yeah, to you. Yeah, you know, I, I have uh, I have successfully shipped myself up to Boston. <laughs> um, I'm gonna be uh, hanging out with uh, all the uh, cast of The Departed, and I'm actually here for Whitey Bulger's funeral. So, uh, wish me luck there. 
good for you. You know, let uh, let Ben know his mother called. Uh, I, <laughs> I have to, uh, yeah, I have to uh, uh, eulogize Whitey uh, in a few days. So, uh, you know, wish me luck. <laughs> Luck, luck. And uh, that, that's where we're going to end it because uh, I currently can't even hear you. Um, so, yeah, it sounds, uh, sounds like there's radio great, interference. Have a great rest of your week, folks, and uh, we will uh, talk to you soon. All right, sounds good.